Hi everyone and welcome to A Squeeze of Lemon. I'm Rain. I'm Fury. And I'm Mix. Mix, what is A Squeeze of Lemon? A Squeeze of Lemon is a podcast where we review fanfiction and treat it like literature. And we fangirl about it too because we're only human. But just a warning for those of you who aren't fanfiction grandmothers, the lemon in our name actually reviews the fact the review works that often have erotic themes. So this podcast will earn its NC-17 rating. I certainly hope it does. <laughs> Today, we are reviewing the fic In the Early Dawn of Happiness from Star Wars. So this fic is 10,086 words long, which is the same length as Edith Wharton's short story, Souls Belated. So Star Wars, my connection to this fandom, I would say, is primarily through my brother. I didn't have a really independent connection to Star Wars till my adulthood, but you bet your ass I played the Star Wars game on the playground, often led by our ringleader here, Rain. Uh, so my, in, my introduction to Star Wars fandom was I saw Phantom Menace in theaters as a child. Uh, Star Wars is probably my number one fandom. Uh, it contains my OTP, which is Raylo. Uh, I'm going to be the odd girl out here in that I actually do not interact with the Star Star Wars fandom uh, basically at all. Whenever our lovely fearless leader Rain will uh, give us a fic to read, I will definitely jump in, but I only know Star Wars through fanfiction. Let's talk about the plot. Let's go through it through the literary lens of character. So just a brief summary of this fanfiction is we open... Uh, on Kylo Ren coming back to his quarters, he sees a sleeping Ray through the Force Time connection in his bed. He, she appears to be having a nightmare. He looks in. It is uh, a vision of him and Ray when Ben Solo was uh, confronted by Luke Skywalker in the hut, and Luke goes to ignite his lightsaber. They have an erotic encounter. They awaken, and there's a charged moment before the Force Time connection is severed. Uh, and then from there, they do have a couple more Force Time reconnections, culminating in a, another shared moment in bed. So let's jump into it scene by scene, shall we? Uh, so first off, this Force Bond connection is just going to be the best fan fiction plot device I've probably ever seen. Uh, I cannot imagine all the beautiful fanfiction that could use, use this trope to carry out their favorite couple throughout, and this fic did a great job of doing that. Yeah, second to what Mick said, I really loved the use of, this, of the Force Bond connection, because as those of you who are fandom grandmas like us know, soul bonds are a fanfiction trope as old as time, <laughs> and they are absolutely fantastic. They Fanfiction authors make great use of this, I think, to really highlight strong connections, and it was used to really moving effect here. Yeah, I have to say, having a canon soul bond is a very big plus for my OTP. <laughs> uh, I definitely love having that in our camp. Um, so when this fic opens, uh, I have to say just a quick humorous moment when Kylo comes into his quarters uh, and he gets irritable about how small the bed is, and he notices how small Ray is in the bed, already taking up the small bed, and he says that part of the reason that he keeps his bed so small is to pure, <laughs> fuel his anger. I just thought that was a great touch. <laughs> it was fantastic. It really reminded me of in Pitch Perfect when uh, Fat Amy has the burrito on her shoulder, and she's like, leave it, it fuels my hate fire. Like, that was very much the Kylo moment I read there. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I have to say something that I love in my experiences with Kylo Ren fans. And again, you know, we got two kind of fandom outsiders here. You're welcome for the audience proxy listeners. And I love that they both treat Kylo Ren's anger and loneliness and like isolation very seriously. And it, and it gives us a lot of great thick fodder. And they also treat him as he truly is, which is angry mad cat boy, which we will explore in later <laughs> fix. I'm certain of it. Um, so I like that his original reaction to seeing Ray is that he's annoyed that she's there. Um, particularly because, just to give you a sense of time and place uh, of when this fic is happening, it happens post uh, Last Jedi. So they've had their throne room encounter, and now um, this fic was written in the waiting time in between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And I can really feel this sense of kind of longing and hurt, and once again, I didn't watch these movies, um, but I can really feel that he's in kind of this state of flux or, or limbo, uh, with not knowing how he wants to move on with his relationship with Ray, and as he's kind of staring at her in his bed, thinking, you know, like, oh well, oh, I really enjoyed the fact that he's just keeping his mouth closed, so he doesn't end up begging her to, to stay with him as he apparently does in the movies, which is just a plus angst building. Was it? I will build upon that later, but it's just a lot of just longing, which is always really fun to see. You know he wants to beg her to yeah. stay. Like, that would be what he had done had the first movie not happened, and that proven a little bit fruitless for our boy here. Yeah, uh, I like also that he, through the lens of character, each of them in this fic, uh, both Ray and, and Kylo, tend to ref- reflect on themselves through how they think the other person views them, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. So when Kylo first sees Ray in his bed, he wants to say in his inner monologue, you betrayed me, you left me, which I think is great because he he really does feel that passion, like Mick said, and uh, he's just so lost. And at the same time, then we switch into kind of building Rey who she is and kind of tearing her down from maybe the pedestal that Kylo has put her on um, perfectly in the fact that she's snoring. And he doesn't turn it into like, oh, this is so endearing, she's a human who snores, but just like, it's almost surprising. It reminds him that she is just a normal human being instead of, you know, this, his one true equal, which she is as well, but she's not, you know, flawless. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a nice reflection there. Well, I think that's an interesting, like, reflection of their forced connection as well, because I think most of the time when they see each other in the first movie of the new trilogy like they don't spend a lot of physical time in the same room like am i remembering that right yeah like a lot of their shared screen time is through their force bond so that kind of makes a lot of sense like why he has such an idealized version of her and why he's trying to come to terms with that here which i don't think we get to deal with that a ton in the movies like there's other themes that are explored in the movies but this is part of the beauty of fan fiction, right? Is that this is a lot like, I would think, only getting to know somebody through a long distance relationship. And then when you're finally in person with them, you just realize a lot of different things about them. And so I think like, you know, Kylo Ren is a, a space fighter guy, but he's having some real world problems here. Yeah, that's a great point, Fury. I guess the catalyst for them moving into something more than just this domestic scene is that Ray whispers... Ben in her sleep and then immediately whispers please 
which are two mm. words that are beautiful in pretty much any combination. And it just catapults us into this, this dream world uh, because I, I really also like that Kent or Kylo immediately assumes that it's a nightmare that she's experiencing because that's what he's always experienced in his sleep world, which is also a, a nice kind of character building for Kylo as well um, to know the suffering and trauma that he's endured and that he would save someone else from that trauma if given the choice, which does not really fit with the monster persona that he assigns himself. He's clearly much more pure than he thinks he is. And so he, in reaching out to touch Ray and bring her back from this nightmare, he actually gets catapulted into her dream through their force bond. And what he sees is not what he expects in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, it is not. <laughs> So it does start uh, kind of actually the nightmare, and it's really actually Ben's nightmare that we get from when Luke was trying to kill him. And in this dream, which is actually Ray's dream, Ray decides to protect him and um, is goes from protecting Kylo as she wishes she could have been there to do uh, to comforting this this young well Ben at this point. Um, comforting him, telling him that he is good, which has a really visceral effect on Kylo which we actually are not seeing. We're seeing it through Ray's lens first. Yeah, first we see it through Ray's lens, and then, like you said, Mix, we see it later from uh, Kylo's. But Ray actually takes off both of Luke's arms, uh, which I thought was quite a violent reaction. Um, yeah. But then Luke kind of fades into the mist, and it's not an important part of the story after that. Just really a means to the end for her to comfort Kylo. Which is a lot darker to than someone ben. who's supposed to be a light sider. Um, I, like, I, what? She's just going to go ahead and chop off some arms and be totally a-okay with that? And just move on as if that's just what had to be done? Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a fun, they're very much a yin-yang couple in the fact that they're very much more balanced than they think they are. They may be predominantly one force, but the nugget of the other is very clearly present throughout this fic and, I'm assuming, throughout the universe. Yeah, that's a very common theme of the fan fiction uh, written in this fandom for this particular OTP. As someone whose OTP this is, I can confirm uh, that that is the case. (laughs) (laughs) I love how the what you what both of you were mentioning how the contrast between their dreams really tells us a lot about them as characters and partly about how this author imagines them as characters i was looking for a line in this fic that really just hit me in the feels and it was he was born a monster and monsters do not deserve the sleep of the just i read that and i was like oh man he thinks he deserves every nightmare that he gets and not only like, not only does he assume that he will be saving Ray from a nightmare, because to Kylo Ren, how I read that and interpreted that line, to Kylo Ren, sleep does not necessarily involve relaxation in any way. It just involves suffering through some more nightmares. And so he assumes that's how it is for everybody. But I think it offers him more insight into Ray as a person to come into her dream and realize people have dreams like this? Like, is the implication here that Kylo Ren's never had a sex dream? Because I kind of think it is. Yeah, that is, I would say yes, that is an implication. Uh, Which I think... Kylo Ren, nightmares only. (laughs) Does not even know happiness. Only knows sad and nightmare. Only knows nightmare. (laughs) 
so then, uh, getting back, uh, Ray says, uh, he's gone, and, uh, she says, I'll never let anyone hurt you, and then, um, she begins to comfort Ben, and, uh, Ben really is very vulnerable in this moment, which I think is giving us another insight into Ray in that she longs for this vulnerability with Kylo, uh, in the present, and so she's seeking it out here in her dream with a young Ben. It was interesting to read that and think about it in the context of the movies, because I feel like when... When we see Kylo Ren in the movies and he's wearing his mask and, you know, kind of acting like 2020 Darth Vader and going around killing people, like, he very much fits the stereotype of a Star Wars villain. But I feel whenever I've seen him on screen with his mask off, it's also an emotional mask off. And to me, the character just, like, radiates this nerve-like vulnerability the way the Hulk describes himself as an exposed nerve in the Marvel movies where he, you know, the Hulk's always angry and so is Kylo Ren, frankly, but, but he describes himself as an exposed nerve that like, he's always angry. He's always elevated. Um, but he's always just raw and exposed and in so much pain. And I think Kylo's outfit in the movies has always seemed to me like him trying to put his mask on, but he can't be both literally, he has, he's like compelled to be literally and figuratively mask off in the movies, I think, and I think we get a lot of mask off Kylo in this fic. Yeah, I would agree. Does that mean then the mask is really what kind of makes up the Kylo persona, and then without the mask he really is Ben? Or can Kylo exist without the mask? I think Kylo exists in those moments where the emotional mask is on as well, Um, Mm. and that we we get Ben when that uh, anger and facade is taken off. So personal theory is that in the throne room scene we are getting we are getting more ben solo um Mm. and that's what ray sees and acknowledges because when kylo offers her his hand she she's very hopeful she at you know at first she thinks it's it's a ben solo that's come to her but unfortunately the anger and the lust for power and the fear comes back and uh it is in fact kylo in front of her again so I like I think that there are moments in this fic where we are getting a Ben Solo versus a Kylo Ren in the present tense, uh, which I think is a, an, an interesting um, distinction. And I think it's also interesting you kind of mentioned the throne room, um, which has kind of catapulted this whole fic, but their visions that they see is kind of the driving force of why Ray's having this vision and kind of what's driven them apart as well. But it seems to be that Ray had a, a more positive vision of the future, and she's more holding out hope um, for this moment that they can have together, but knows that the time is not now. Uh, so she, that's partially why she's dreaming uh, and why it turns into this erotic dream about Ben, because she knows that they're meant together to be together. And she has several lines um, where she says things like... Um, you know, well, just the, the good, then you're going to be mine, and Ben responds, that means you're mine too. You know, just kind of this belonging together that she knows has to be there, um, but that is not yet there in the present tense that really contributes to this longing feeling that both of them are experiencing for completely different reasons. Ben, because he thinks he's been betrayed and spurned, and Bray, just because she knows that it's, the time is not now, basically. Well, Mix, I am quite glad that you said that this is an erotic dream, because I'd love to get to what <laughs> happens next. 
Let's oh my god. <laughs> let's let the, the, the steam queen take us you away. You told us this was Virgin <laughs> Ben Solo. <laughs> you didn't mention it was also Virgin Ray. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of virgins in this fic. Uh, maximum number of virgins. Uh, <laughs> I would like to, <laughs> to um, counter that. I don't think that's the maximum number you can have. But... No, no, per, per character. Oh, fair. There are only the two virgin characters. Like, is one. <laughs> I can so think of a virgin OT3 fic that I would I sh- can share with you. If <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am here for that in a later episode, let me tell you. It's coming up on Virgin Week on the pod. Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> Just exponential virgins. <laughs> coming up in week three, we'll have a four virgin fic. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so, basically, Ben starts to cry, Ray begins to comfort him, Ray begins to start kissing away some of his tears, a trope that I love, uh, and then they begin to kiss more passionately, and then Ray basically initiates the sexual encounter, and in this fic, Ray does not have any sexual experience, and we see that, uh, the way that she manifests in the stream is all very hazy there's a lot of emotions there's a lot of blurred kind of uh hand waving in her dream of what does and doesn't happen and the fun part is to see kylo witness this and i was quite pleased when we switched to his point of view and he says uh, had she never seen a hollow vid had she never- this is not how <laughs> sex works <laughs> And the reason that she, that he thinks that is because uh, when Ben enters Ray, they don't thrust; they just uh, sit there, <laughs> which was so endearing and charming. I've definitely had that sex dream. <laughs> Before you see the hollow vid, how are you supposed to know? How are Kylo you? Kylo knows how what's up. Know? She's got yeah. She got the mechanics down, but it was very much focused more on the clip. Like more, she's just using him. As just like a dildo, like he's he's not an active participant at this point in time. <laughs> um, Kylo Ren, I, use dildo. Welcome to our episode. Please sponsor us. I just I loved how Ray's inexperience was so funny, but in like a very pure and wholesome way um, where she's having this sex dream where she's like listening to her animal instincts. She's trying to figure out what she wants. She doesn't quite know, but she's like, I know I want you inside me. As far as what happens after that, I'll figure it out when I get there. (laughs) And it's just such a lovely um, takeoff on virgin tropes, I think, because as we know, Virgin character tropes can be a real minefield. I think there's really common tropes of one character being more experienced and really fetishizing the shit out of the other one's vulner or out of the other one's virginity. There's all kinds of like bizarre power dynamics that can happen, I think, with virgin fix. And this completely sidesteps that and takes just a really positive approach to virginity, I would say, where it really doesn't matter that much that she's inexperienced, and it's like a very sweet, you're laughing with her as she is going, I think these are the things that I want. Let's just try it! And nobody is being weird about it. Ray's just exploring, and that's how it should be. It's just a little, it's just some exploring on your little sexual debut. Nothing crazy. <laughs> um, one thing I really like when we switch back to uh, Kylo's perspective is uh, this 
little paragraph here that Ray still cares this much about him gives him a vindictive thrill. She cares as much as he does. She isn't as unaffected and coolly disappointed in him as she wants him to think. Which, there is this sexual thrill that he's getting, witnessing this vision play out in her mind, but there's also a real emotional thrill. I also thrill. think it's funny that he describes it as vindictive. Um, even though he's mostly just gratified, I would say, to know that, you know, he's not alone in this longing. Um... Mm. I think I read the vindictiveness as him as like an expression of his just desperate loneliness that he really does not want to feel all of these feelings for Ray that he's having by himself and he just really needs to know that somebody is as in his feelings it's the ha gotcha moment which I is (laughs) yeah it's funny and kind of sweet is at the same time even though he's you know, kind of struggling uh, with how erotic this vision is in front of him. And also, I think he's struggling with the fact that uh, Ray wants Ben versus Kylo, um, which, uh, as the resident ink sommelier, I am going to just dive right into because that just gives me so much vindictive pleasure to see him suffering through that. (laughs) But yeah, so he has this line where he says, is this what Ray dreams of night, dreams of at night? Uh, he wonders, why is she still dreaming about saving him even after she had rejected and abandoned him? No, not him. This is a dream, this dream is a version of him who had died years ago, a version that only lived on in her dreams. He's a suitor her dreaming self could hold at point where he was still light and worthy of affection. Uh, this young man is an easy solution to their conflict. So basically he's thinking that, yeah, she's having erotic dreams about him, but only at the point where he was still redeemable, as if he is no longer redeemable, as he's past this point, and they've reached their breaking point, and there is no resolution for them. The only resolution for them would have been in the past, which is such a heartbreaking way to view a relationship or a significant other, especially when we know that they're, they're soulmates, they're soul bond fics. This is the, the true OTP. Uh, yeah, just a, a lovely little bit of burning in there. No notes. That swirls around my angst wine glass. Mix has described the tasting notes perfectly. (laughs) Which is then why it's so satisfying when Um, in the dream Kylo gets to hear Ray tell Ben that he's good. And whether or not Kylo accepts the fact that he can be good, it's really this moment of relief to hear that she thinks he's good. Um, And I think even later, there's a later scene after this where he comes just to thinking about her telling him that he's good, um, which is so sweet. Mm. This poor, poor tortured child. Someone grab him in a blanket. (laughs) Sweet and spicy, my favorite combo. Mm. Uh, So another thing that I like in this particular scene is um, when Kylo kind of finally gives over to what he's watching and he does begin to touch himself but he only does it as he's witnessing ray so it's really to insert himself into this dream so he's not stroking himself he's just holding himself imagining that ray wants to be with him and not this young version ben solo mm, yes this, this imagine being good. jealous of yourself <laughs> i just can't even <laughs> <laughs> only kylo ren <laughs> I do love how much this fic, like, leans into the Kylo feeling this, like, intense separation in his two selves, because that, I think, is 
reflective of Star Wars, the universe at large, where like Star Wars is very interested in, um, in at the risk of sounding cheesy and pretentious, the duality of human nature, aka what I couldn't stop writing all of my high school papers on. Uh, because what is the age of 17 for if not to wrestle with your own tendency towards evil and good? Thank you, Star Wars. Yeah, the light side and dark side are very, very obvious. <laughs> Star Wars has never been accused of being particularly subtle, I don't think. So next, what I have up on my, my delightful Steam list is that uh, Kylo is losing himself in this. He's loving watching Rey, and he breathes out her name, he whispers it, and hearing Kylo in her dream whisper her name, she recognizes that there is a third party now in her dream, and she awakens, and they are in the beds together, still drawn together by their force time, and uh, they're both consumed with passion, they are hot, and they go to kiss each other, which when I was reading this fic, I was like, oh my god, is this is this where we're going to go right now? Are we going to go straight into, you know, a little lemon? Obviously, I'm a, a huge fan of that. Uh, and then the force time cuts out. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, I tend to tend towards the slow burn fix um, in general, and so I think taking that precipice and really utilizing it like that is just wonderful, both for the readers and as an author. Um, great time to cut that out. And then we get to see both of them kind of struggling with the fact that their force time has cut out as they can literally feel their breaths upon each other's lips and what that means for each other. And uh, Kyla's really angry and he curses and punches the bed and kind of breaks down and Ray is kind of confused, I believe. Um, and just like, did, did that just happen? Because she didn't have the moment of contemplating, you know, that she was in Kylo's bed in their force time. She basically went from being in the dream to being in force time. And so she's a lot more muddled than Kylo is, who had a moment to recognize that their force time had been activated prior to this really passionate moment between them. Yeah. Uh, and I think also we get a little bit of reflection on Ray here as well, where she thinks back to... All the time she's been alone in her life, which is a very sad <laughs> litany. Um, oh my god. And thinking about how she had always dreamed of just wanting to be held by someone being a child alone in the desert. And no. that she woke up from this forced time dream and she, you know, her, a dream of her childhood now in addition to the dream she had been having of Ben could have been realized. And that was snapped away from her in an instant. Just retweet if you ever cry thinking about how touch-starved Ray is. <laughs> oh, retweet. <laughs> no. She spent all of her time in the desert on Jakku alone, essentially. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, she gets some human interaction, but she is extremely touch-starved for the majority of her life and still manages to turn out a mostly good person. I mean, that would drive anybody to insanity and acts of evil. And I do think it drives Kylo Ren to that. Also a touch-starved little boy, just for different reasons. Yeah, that's a good distinction. That the, They both have that, that sense of aloneness, and Kylo is alone within a group of people he feels will never understand him. But Rey is literally alone her whole life. In, in this fic also, I really like this, she compares waiting for Kylo to come to her as Ben Solo in the present tense, 
like mm. discovering this great find when she was a scavenger on Jakku, but knowing that she didn't have enough water or time before sunset to bring it home. And just that her comparison for waiting for something good that she's so surprised with is so very life and death and dealing with survival compared to now feeling very life and death in saving the galaxy by the stakes of bringing Kylo Ren to the light. I agree. That metaphor was beautiful. It really struck home. Um, I really also particularly enjoyed the moment where in the metaphor she's talking about how annoying it is to, you know, leave a scavenge uh, alone for the night and hope that she can come back in the morning, knowing that it's in plain sight where anyone else can grab it. And so there's also this sense of possessiveness. She's already claimed Kylo as her scavenge, and so the idea that anyone can go snatch him up uh, before she can get to him is really distressing to her. And then even more distressing is the idea that the sands could shift, the sands of his hatred could shift and bury him forever and keep him out of her grasp uh, so she can no longer bring him to the light. Mm. And it was just a delightful little metaphor. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Something I love about a yin and yang couple like this is the ways that you can, as the author, draw out their contrasts and their inherent similarities and... I love how Kylo Ren in this fic is very, like, he's extremely interior, and he's thinking about all of these things, like, when he first finds Ray in his bed, he's like, shouldn't I just undress in my own room? Don't like, I deserve that? Like, his own nighttime <laughs> habits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for some reason. And meanwhile, Ray is, like, extremely outside of herself all of the time. Like, one of the sections from her perspective says whenever Ray couldn't find sleep as a lonely child her mind would spiral out into the universe which is later also talking about her touch starvation but i think it was striking how like rain how ray it's very close to rain i must say um, <laughs> how how ray is so focused outside of herself and thinking about the universe and she is drawn to her own kind of interiority through kylo ren where he is so interior focused that he kind of has to be drawn outside of himself a little bit um, by her, which I think is the is the is the perfect image of a yin and yang, where you're very different but you ultimately draw on the same ground in, and makes the other the better middle. because Kylo, you know, retreats from the world that's hurt mm -hmm. him so much, and even though the world has hurt Ray, she's been so isolated from it, she's kind of desperate to explore it. So they really do balance each other out, and Kylo will pull Ray back while. She pulls him out, and it's just a its a beautiful contrast and kind of a wave between the pair. So the next time that they meet, uh, Ray is on Naboo. Personal aside here, I love any time a fic ends up on Naboo in the Star Wars universe. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's great because we get to think back to the prequels, and um, yeah, it's just a nice little touch. And Ray is in the garden, and she's doing this gardening work to kind of do something productive and feel the force within the world. But um, I was really struck. This was such a she-baby moment where she's oh. like, I never knew there was all this green just to be had frivolously. Like, this garden, like, there's all this beautiful, lush plant life, and, and people just waste it. Like, there's no purpose to it. It's just we don't for fun. Eat it. Why is it here? It's it just... takes the water? What? <laughs> <laughs> a green to look at do not know this yeah one of my all-time favorite ray lines in the whole canon is um 
when she first sees the greenery of an other planet when she arrives with Han Solo on the on the Millennium Falcon and she says, I never knew there was this much green in the entire galaxy. It's always a little knife to the heart. She carries all of her burdens like so beautifully and so gracefully and whenever there's a little bit of a line in there that lets you know how much she's care she's carrying, it kind of makes me want to die inside, but in the best way. Yeah, because I think as someone yes. who's not in the fandom, I read Ray as someone who thinks that her burdens are hers to carry because there's no other choice. Like, it literally is a lot. Either you carry these burdens or you die type of situation, so there's really no point in complaining about the situation. Where Kylo has experienced more of the, you know, the luxuries of life and has seen what life could be and knows these things are being denied to him. So he knows, you know, about the greener of the world and all the goodness that is there to have. And so he is more, you know, bitter about his burdens, I would say, whereas Ray just kind of takes it um but in hopes for, for in dreams and hopes of greener pastures basically throughout the whole fic and i think canon yeah that feels right to me so they kylo and ray force time again this time in a Ooh. public garden on naboo and they kind of are at odds here uh, a little bit ray knows that it's not Ben coming to her just yet. And Kylo is determined. He says, I know what I saw in your dream. Uh, I was masturbating while I watched you. I think that we share something a little bit more than we did previously. And Ray is oh very determined that they do not. Which makes him angry. Even more angry. He thinks finally that you're not going to, you know, you're we're finally not going to be denied. We're not going to be denying each other. And then she is. She's systematically shutting him down. And he doesn't understand why. Um, I really like... Uh, he comes at her then from a different angle. He tries to go soft after going hard. And he says, Ray, he says softly, don't hide from me. There's no point. You want something. You should say it. And then she says... Uh, Ray felt exposed, and a familiar loneliness runs through her. Doesn't matter what I want. I can't have it. Ugh. How does oh that taste God. in your That ass, accounted sister. for at least one Nicks. tier. One tier rating out of five, for sure. <laughs> From that line. Oh, my God. Look, this fig is not even remotely close to what we in the biz call fluff, but that brief, brief exchange of, You were touching yourself! You were naked! And Kylo Ren going, you didn't object at the time. I was like, is this it? Is this fluff? Nice! <laughs> and then she goes, oh, it doesn't matter what I want. And I was jerked back to reality. <laughs> I also really enjoy the fact that even though Ray is kind of shutting down any relationship or at the forward progress that Kylo thinks they have made, she's at the same time very aware and very concerned over his well-being. She noticed that, you know, he has these dark smudges under these eyes, and she comments that even the most experienced scavengers can make easily avoided mistakes if they don't have enough sleep, and she's, she's worried about him, and she has this line where she asked, how's the First Order Supreme Leader? How's creating your great new order all alone? You look tired. It comes out less biting than she wants it to. And it just is beautiful to see her concerns seep through even this very tense moment. Uh, and not the fun kind of tense. Yeah, there's just moment after moment here where we get to see how much this author wants to explore their characters, where this is really common in fan fiction, where not every story has 
a lot of plot because the writer and the ultimately the fan of the content wants the space to just really explore their characters in a way where practically in the movie there just may not be room to do it. And this was not a very plot-driven story, but it was extremely character-driven. And we were just given scene after scene and moment after moment that lets us kind of revel in the yin-yang of these two. We flash forward a little bit a week later, and again, Force Time reunites them. This time Kylo wakes up and Rey is cuddling him in her sleep, and he feels this connection to her, this protectiveness, this desire, and he's overcome with emotions to the point where he starts to degrade himself. He says, pathetic, sentimental. When will he be free of this weakness? Will he ever be free? Wondering about these softer parts of himself. Uh, And then he begins to become a little bit aroused, and uh, he begins to touch himself, and he thinks, her hand. It could be her hand holding me. She's so close. Uh, oh my god. That little, ooh, that little tease there at the start. Love that. Just an excellent virgin trope where he's just imagining, what if her hand was just on my penis? <laughs> that, that's all. Like, that's all I'm going to imagine right that's now. That's all I would need, what basically. <laughs> that's all I would take. <laughs> so pure. So pure. <laughs> And then we just get a very quiet Ray who awakens and says simply one thing, I want to see. Ah! And then, yeah. Which really throws uh, poor uh, Kylo for a loop. I don't think he was expecting the situation to go that way uh, at all, which eventually is a welcomed, but at first he's really bitter because in the last encounter, she shut him down and actually forced closed their connection. Uh, telling him to be patient and so now that he's here and she's saying oh now I want in on this he's like I don't think you get to have that you can't have it two ways basically (laughs) um but they they then have the conversation where she admits that in their future she you know she saw them together and she knows that they can be together and she didn't think the time was right but maybe the force is the reason the force bond is activating in all these steamy moments is driving them together and it's supposed to help and so really maybe they should just give in and that kind of leads to our next sexual encounter which i also just as an aside i like in this point we switch to ray's perspective after ray wakes up and ray uh, the author makes a note that it is ben now that she is interacting with yeah in their in their next sexual encounter there were again a fluff hunter over here a little desperate for water channeling our girl ray on the desert planet of jakku there was a wonderful little paragraph that reads a shiver runs through her his cock is bigger than she imagined and red in a way that makes her think of anger pure but the more she looks the more she decides it matches him well that he be thick and big and angry down there too <laughs> i loved it so much very pure chef's kiss for this moment oh my god this this is how virgin sex should be real spicy and yet somehow wholesome yeah 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 sweet and spicy oh we love to see it so then uh kylo begins to stroke himself in a very uh angry mean way he is not (laughs) taking it kind on himself (laughs) Uh, which I thought was a very hilarious 
uh, just interpretation of how Kylo Ren would masturbate. I I was like losing my shit when I was when I was reading this part. Um, I know that it's meant to be a little bit sad, and it is, but also this like this vestige of Kylo Ren now in the Ben Solo moment. Yeah, I loved it. Oh my god. Uh, I also enjoy the fact that apparently um, they can sense emotions. And so she knows that he's being so rude to himself because otherwise, how would she know what you know is is good and or what is gentle and mean stroking? Because uh, our girl didn't even know what thrusting was uh, a couple scenes ago, um, but she picks up on it and knows that this is not right or you know this is too mean to him. And she says, "Don't." Uh, and so Ben shuts down completely and says, oh, "Thinks that this moment is over." And she just then goes, "Don't be mean." Be gentle to yourself, which is so sweet. <laughs> oh, God. She's supposed to be the inexperienced virgin here, and she's the one giving the good advice. Oh, my God. You have to punish yourself through masturbation. That's no fun for anyone. Until it is fun, and then <laughs> that's a different story. Maybe that's what you like. Fair. We don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different <laughs> Oh, uh, listener. Wait until we read Charles and Eric are angry, sex-crazed chefs. <laughs> um, so Kylo begins, uh, continues to stroke himself, this time gently, uh, and he says uh, that he's close, and then, tell me, she says in a rush, tell me what you need. Please say mm. he manages to choke out and then bites off with a loud moan. And then we go down until she realizes what he wants, and she just says... I want you, Ben. And with that, his moment, his movements became frantic, and he's squeezing her thigh and groaning as he comes. And I just love that. I, I'm a sucker for the trope that the one line sends you over the edge. You get that a lot in fan fiction, but mm. I thought it was quite nice. I in think this it also too. says a lot about what line the author chooses to drive the person over the edge. It's always meant to say a lot about the either the couple or the character, and I think this does both. Um, yeah. This really, you know, shows that. We have several lines where Ben just says, you know, I want to be, or Kyla says, I want to be good for her. I want to be this Ben that she wants from me, but I don't think I can. And she doesn't think he's beyond the redemption that he thinks he is. And so this interaction with them, kind of acknowledging each other and acknowledging that they want to be a couple and that they do want each other is so powerful that it's going to drive him to orgasm. And it's, it is beautiful. Truly lovely. Uh, and then the, the fic wraps up. Uh, it, the last line is she found the boy she was waiting for. Uh, oh. so it, it is a little bit of a, not a cliffhanger, but there is room for more story. Um, the author did not choose to continue this fic, uh, but I, I thought it wrapped up quite sweetly. I did I panic it. a little when I saw that the fic was published in 2018 and it had marked two out of four chapters. Uh, I always get a little bit of fic anxiety when I see these things. <laughs> Worry that we're going to be left... Uh, on a cliffhanger, but this wasn't too bad. I feel like it does have a, a resolution um, as opposed to, you know, dropping us in the middle of a plot arc, which is never fun. Um, yeah, this definitely had a nice resolution. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. So we just finished uh, reviewing In the Early Dawn of Happiness by Bezagu. Do we have any final thoughts? I think my final thought is I loved her innocent little exploration of his come afterwards where she just comments briefly on, oh, it's kind of, like, more viscous, but also more translucent than I thought. That's interesting. I wonder what it tastes like. Again, just extremely pure, 
freed Pure from Burden's exploration of sexuality. <laughs> it is. It's great. She's like, I just wonder what this is like. Might hmm. as well. Yeah, overall, I really like this fic. Um, it's a personal favorite for me. It's It's got a few sweet, funny moments, great characterization, uh, and it's my OTP. So I, I like it. Uh, even though I'm not a Star Wars girl, I, I really did enjoy this basically dis- discovery um, research of their characters. Um, I do enjoy this in fan fiction that we really get to dive into these characters that are no longer exp- that we, we can't be inside the character's head through film. And so I think fan fiction really lends itself to exploring characters that way. Yeah. So shall we jump into our, our rating scheme of how we want to rate this this fic? Yes, so every week I will be rating fics out of fluffs, one of five fluffs, and this fic loved it, was touched, was, you know, a little turned on. Gotta give it a zero out of five fluffs, not enough coffee shops for me, um, and that's that's what I'm sticking to this week. Which I think relays us nicely into your rating scheme, Mix. Can I Absolutely. get a rating from you? <laughs> so I'm <laughs> going to be rating every fic that we read uh, out of tears. And so basically how angsty, how sad, uh, how much longing can we pack into this fic? We're going to give this three out of five tears. Uh, there was a lot of mutual mm. pining, really, between both characters that carried throughout the, the, the whole 10,000 words of this fic. There's a couple really emotion-packed lines that we covered. Um, such as, you know, she's so tired of waiting, all these very emotion-packed lines. So yeah, three out of five. Uh, and I will be rating fic out of Lemon. Uh, so I'm going to give this fic, uh, two and a half out of five lemons. Uh, it was steamy. There was definitely some good quality sex content, but, uh, we got a dream sequence and we got, um... A masturbation scene with only one party participating so uh steamy but not exactly totally uh five lemons for me but uh definitely definitely deserves the explicit rating uh but i'm only going to give it two out of five lemons two and a half out of five lemons sorry thank you for listening to a squeeze of lemon you can find us on instagram at a squeeze of lemon pod and on Twitter at a squeeze of lemon pod. And you can email us at a squeeze of lemon pod at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love it if you connect with us. That would be great. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, send us any fix that you would like us to review. And listeners, until next time, when life gives you lemons, make fan fiction. <laughs>